Welcome to The Real Estate Diplomats, and I'm your host, Aaron Maslansky. Today, I bring you Kathy Tinker of Columbia Model and Exhibit Works. They build scale models of buildings and developments, many of them that were built around Chicago, which is where I'm located, my hometown. And they have also built buildings, scale model buildings for places all around the United States and outside the United States. They are just a huge part of the real estate development market here. And they really represent the architecture of Chicago. Chicago is really known for its great architecture, and Kathy helps bring that to life. So it is so much fun to be in her studio and to see these scale models that are there, what they're building, and you kind of get to know what's going to be coming up in the near future. It's so cool. And it's so cool how she started in the space industry, being a lawyer, and it's really, really fascinating. We're going to get to that. I also think that if you are in any kind of industry that sells things, it's really cool to learn why it's important to have these physical representations, tactile representations of what you're trying to sell. Kathy's selling the invisible. She works for a lot of real estate developers who are trying to sell things that don't exist yet. So sure, we've got virtual, we've got photos, renderings, things like that, which are all great. But there is nothing like the physical representation because we're humans. We like to see these things and touch it. So you're going to learn a lot, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Before we start the show, let's talk about something you may be thinking about. Do you think about living and working remotely or about retiring to a distant paradise? Have you thought about buying real estate around the world? If so, did you know that I am a certified international property specialist and resort and second home specialist. I have access to an exceptional network of real estate professionals around the world that I can refer you to who will help you safely buy and sell global real estate. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, I can help you with your real estate needs directly as a realtor with Dreamtown Realty. Head over to therealestatediplomat.com to schedule a free consultation so I can learn more about what you are looking for and direct you to your dreams. Now, let's start the show. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Proud to be here. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to be back here. For those listening here, I uh, worked with Kathy a bunch. I used to work for a developer. His name's Tom Rozak, and he does a lot of development around Chicago. And, and uh, Phoenix. And Phoenix. And uh, it was a super fun job. Met a lot of really amazing people through that, actually. One of them's Kathy. And I got to say, some of the most fun that I had during that job was coming here to this studio where we are recording right now in Chicago. Well, thank you very much. We have bits and pieces of models here that you worked on, yeah. <laughs> projects you worked on. And one that I lived in, actually, it's over here, uh, Siena. Oh, and I didn't know you lived there. I did. I, I uh, owned a condo there. I lived there with my wife for several years, and then we rented it for a little while, and then we sold it a few years ago. But I, I still sell in the building. It's in downtown Evanston. and. No, it's it's really, really cool to see the model here. It's just, it's like you're almost like in a museum here, like at seeing all these different buildings. You've got the whole city, the whole world here, just on a miniature scale. Well, we have a lot of Chicago. Yeah, I would say that you are the premier model maker for... You keep thinking that. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, my God. There's some other really good model makers, especially here in Chicago. But we all have kind of carved out a different little niche. So I am well known by the real estate developers. Mm -hmm. and, and what we make are really sales tools. Architects probably don't want something quite as cute as we do. 
that they think cute is a pejorative term. But why well, do, do they not. think that's cute? Uh, what are you doing that's cute about it? Well, I showed you a model over here where it was a very pretty model. It's 1400 West Monroe, and it just went up and it just sold out. And they didn't need the model in the sales office anymore, so they gave it back to us. That's how we end up with a lot of models around here. But I also made them teeny tiny little sold signs that the marketers could stick in every window of the units as they were sold. So it like lets, it's like a control board, but it, it's cute and it lets people know, oh, it's almost sold out. That's not really something that the architect wants me to do to their design. But the developer definitely does. <laughs> yeah. So but that's my niche is that the people that actually are professional salespeople that sell out these new developments know of our work and recommend us. How did you get into this? Well, that's kind of a long story. I was, <laughs> <We> got time. <laughs> I was an attorney and I crashed and burned and got tired and decided I wanted to do something else. I was Were you a crash and burn attorney? I was. Oh. I did uh, aviation accidents and mm -hmm. we represented Morton Thiokol. And so it ended up, we represented Morton Thiokol in the first space shuttle Challenger litigation. Oh, wow. And it was very high pressure. So I got through that, but then I'm just like, you know, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. So we used to hire the guy that started this building to make scale models for us in litigation. And so on April Fool's of some year, 30 years ago, I sent out a memo to the people in my firm that said, I've decided to become a model lawyer. <laughs> and they all thought it, that it was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> like, no, I'm really leaving. <laughs> did, you, did you want them to think that you were joking? <laughs> no, I Is just thought it was clever. It was clever. Anyway, yeah. So, and we were originally over not quite this far west. I had a big party after I started being, a, I was going to sell trial exhibits. That was my plan. So I had a big party for all these lawyers that I knew in the loop in our old studio, 954 West Washington. And they were terrified to come over here. That's how much this area has changed. I'm like, That's the other side of the expressway. We're not coming there. Well, there's been a lot of development here, West Loop, West Side of Chicago. Yes. And you have a lot of new developments and you could see some of the buildings here inside this studio that are actually outside the, the windows right exactly. now, which is so cool. It's kind of fun. But you started it for building for trial exhibits and then you shifted to buildings. How did, I mean. That was just going with the flow because we started making architectural scale models for Dan McLean at MCL. Mm -hmm. And he was a big developer. And then we started making them for enterprise development. And it just snowballed from there. It's really, really word of mouth how, how we get our, you know, just try to please each client at a time and it, you should be okay. So you shifted from the trial exhibits to the architectural models and uh, because of these developers. And I mean, did the business just grow because people saw it in the sales center or did that developer tell somebody or did you market oh, a lot? I, no, I didn't market a lot. It's, I think it's just, it's word of mouth. I mean, I was telling you before that one of the, most exciting things we've done more recently is the scale model for the Obama Foundation. And that was actually on 60 Minutes. They brought the model when Obama was interviewed about the project on 60 Minutes. And they have this beautiful, loving video of our model in that program. And 
I talk to the guys there and they're like, I'm not going to market the Obama Foundation. They just showed up and said, we want to model. But it turned out that someone who worked for the Museum of Science and Industry switched over to work for the foundation. And we made a model of the Mars rover for the Museum of Science and Industry. So he remembered that and he knew of us from other projects. And he said, he told them, there's just one place to go. Go to this woman. And then they were really excited to find out that we were a woman-owned business because that certification was good for them. And they liked the model. The, the model is of his presidential library that's being planned and, exactly. and, and actually starting in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, they just broke, de- broke ground. It was the model itself was pictures of the model were back on television again as they had the groundbreaking ceremony. What does that make you feel when you see the former president talking about something and your work is right there and you're on 60 Minutes? It was awesome. And in the last interview, he was on Good Morning America and he said, you know, I really wanted to be a, an architect. I really like scale models. <laughs> so he is specifically talking about your work there. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. It was very exciting. Have you had a chance to meet him? No, we won't meet him. I'm pretty sure. But maybe if he hears the podcast, he'll decide. Maybe. If anyone here is listening who uh, knows <laughs> President Obama, I do know somebody who works for his foundation. Maybe we can make that happen, actually. But we did have, when we originally made the model, we had it here in the studio space. And they were garnering support from all sorts of city po- politicals. And the Obamas didn't come, but all sorts of, of high-level officials in the city government came over to see the model. That was kind of exciting. That's amazing. I, didn't, I should have like taken a list because I don't even really know who all was here. I just know these are all really important people. <laughs> For sure. Is that, would you say, your favorite model that you've done because of the connection? Oh, it's like you're a parent. It's like children. I don't have a favorite model. (laughs) I really like the city of Chicago model that we did for the Chicago Architecture Center. I don't know if you've seen that recently, but we just updated it. So it's a model of a lot of the Chicago area at a scale of one inch equals 50 feet. And we keep that up to date. So It's an excuse for me to contact architects every time they're building a new building, remind them who I am, and then they give us the file for the new building and we make it at a scale of one inch equals 50 feet and put it on the model. Wow. Actually, there's another corporation that it's all 3D printed. That's how we got into 3D printed. I showed you we have a whole bunch of 3D printing machines. Yeah. We got into it for the original city of Chicago model. and. When we were making that model, we used up so much of the architecture center's budget just designing it that we didn't really have any money left to make it. So I'm the one that had the idea. I went to, I knew somebody who worked for Baxter Labs, and I knew that Baxter had a 3D printing facility where they made prototypes of their stuff. So I asked them if they would be willing to 3D print any of these buildings for the City of Chicago Foundation for free. And they said yes. And when I was started out on that quest to ask people if I could get the 3D printing for free, almost everyone said, no one will do that. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So then I ended up, now we've got the company that actually makes the material that you use in stereolithography, which is a kind of 3D printing, they 
print the buildings for the architecture center for free. So we just have to design them and then they, we get them printed for free and then we paint them and keep the model clean and up to date. Well, it makes sense for them because this is a way for them to get their name out there and exactly. then they're connecting with they architects. They even have a little plaque. If you go to the architecture center to see the model, they have a little plaque on the wall that says they're the guys. Now they're called Convesco and that they've donated all the 3D print. Well, it's great that they've done that. I mean, and is it hard to actually take off one of the models from the city and, and replace it with something new? Well, you met Ramel. That's Ramel's job. He keeps track <laughs> of it all and uh, he does that. But it's not that hard. We, we can, the way that it's built, all of the blocks are removable and labeled so that you can tell which way the block goes and what's there. So you just lift the whole block off and then you can pop off the buildings and put new ones down. Oh, it's so much fun. Like the people that work at Romel, what did they do as kids? I mean, I, I like I love playing with blocks and I got a degree in urban planning. I thought I'd you know, do that and I worked for a developer and now I'm in real estate. But like what what is the trajectory of a career path from kid to to this awesome job? Well, there are places that teach you model making, but none of us did that. Two of the people that work here got architectural degrees and Ramel had a degree in television production, I think. But when he moved to Miami, he got a job in a model making firm. And then he moved to Chicago with his partner and he said he went around to all of the sales offices because he knew he wanted to be a model maker by then. And he looked at who made the good models. And then he looked at the model and <laughs> say, you know, oh, that's Colombian. So he just kind of showed up and said, I'm a really good model maker and I will work for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, OK. And it worked out really well because it's been, I don't know, 25 years now. Wow. That was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if someone shows up and said and shows you an amazing portfolio and says, I will work for you. You say, yes, please. Yeah. When can you start? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's, it's cool to see these, these physical representations of the buildings. And, uh, you know, you think about today, uh, everything's digital. Facebook's talking about, you know, they're changing their name to, to Meta, to, you know, the Metaverse. Every, Nike's filing patents for their shoes that they can sell in the digital space. Why do you think it's so important for people to see the physical representations when they go to a sales center? Well, their Golub is selling the Tribune. They're going to build a, build a big tire, tower behind it, but the old Tribune building they've now turned into really cool condos. And I've seen that model. It's beautiful. Yeah. And they just did a tour with somebody from the Tribune and showed them that. And in the article that they wrote, the guy in the Tribune said, Really, the only way to understand the outside space is to look at this beautiful model. And then they took a picture of the model and put it in the. So I, I, there are people who understand that a actual physical model is the best way to explain things. But it's a lot hard. It's a lot harder sell. The projects are fewer, you know, farther and fewer between. And since the pandemic started, we've done. Some we just did something that went to San Francisco. We've done work in Boston. We've done work in Nashville. We couldn't survive if it was just Chicago. How do you ship these things? And I have a sense of how you do it because I I had to take a smaller model when I uh, had my previous job to Arizona. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But how do you get these large scale models across well, the country or across the world? 
generally, we just drive it. Oh, wow. We take it ourselves and install it. So I've had a couple of fun marathon trips across country. Anyway, that's what we generally do. You put it in the van and drive it out there? Yeah, or rent a truck and drive it out there. And then we do a one, you can't, a vans won't rent uh, one way. So we put it in a truck, drive it out there, fly back. I mean, you've got to do a lot of planning if you're, I mean, even locally, but if you're going somewhere outside of your area, you've yeah. got to make sure there's power, a space, everything's yeah, got to be set up. The developers know how to do all that. You just have to tell them exactly what you need. Right. The most important thing is, they, we just build the model and they build a fancy pedestal. You got to make sure that the model and the pedestal fit together. Okay. So you, they actually take care of that? Okay. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, there, I should say there are some companies that specialize in setting up sales centers. So, it, you know, it might be another company that does that. Yeah. Now, I remember when I was going out to Arizona and we had this model of a building we were going to do out there. And had to figure out how are we going to get this on a plane and be able to travel with it. And security was pretty tight. I mean, it wasn't that long after 9-11. And you built this case that perfectly fit these beautiful triangular buildings. Yep. And I'd have to take them out and show it to like the TSA agents. And they're asking me all these questions. They thought generally thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, almost everybody likes physical models, you know. Yeah. It's just a matter of convincing people that the expense of getting a model is worth their marketing effort. What is a typical expense of a model? Like, uh, oh, they can be rise. really expensive. Yeah. Uh, I've made some models that were like $200,000, but generally they're probably 50 or 60. And you put in electrical so they can be lit up and everything too. And they've got people. Yeah. And the, the new thing is that we do. LED lights that are computer controlled. So you can say, light up all the one bedrooms and then light oh, wow. up all the two bedrooms and then show them which units are. I showed you that model where we put little sold stickers. Yeah. But the elegant way to do that is with LED lights. And when you push a button, everything that's still available would light up or everything that's sold would light up. So, you know, and then really, really fancy sales offices <laughs> contract with the person that does the sales office and they interrelate all of that. So like at 1000 South Michigan, that was all interrelated with a video that told you about the model. And when the video got to the point that it was talking about, the gardens would light up. Or if it was talking about some element of the model and showing you renderings of what it would look like, that part of the scale model would like. It was all in sync. It's very fancy. <laughs> you know, I was watching, I'd never seen all the James Bond movies. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to start them from the beginning. And I watched, uh, what was it, uh, Goldfinger yeah. the other night. <laughs> and I, have, have you seen the, the movie? Not for years and years. Okay, well, hopefully I don't spoil anything for anybody. <laughs> I mean, the movie came out like in 1966. <laughs> but there's a part where he's got all the bad guys in his lair, uh, Goldfinger, and he flips over this model of the U.S. Gold, Fort Knox, where the U.S. keeps all the gold reserves and showing everything and he's talking and things are lighting up as he's talking. And it makes me think of that. <laughs> it's like it was so cool. And it made me think to the studio and, and what you can do with physical models. Well, that's something we also try to sell is we've made some scale models. So there's a budding industry here in Chicago for TV and movie production. And yeah. we've made models for that, too. 
Uh, so you you'll have it for like a show where they ta- where they use it as a prop. Yeah, there was a TV show called Empire, and we've sure. got the model here that we made for them, which we actually kind of recycled another model and stuck some avant-garde elements on it, and then they used that in the shoot. And also, Kelsey Grammer had that TV show called Boss, and they had a whole plot line about redeveloping poor areas of the city. And it was, was exactly it Atlantic what, City? No, it was here in Chicago. Oh, it was oh, exactly okay. what we were doing in Chicago. And we had some models that we had made for that. It was the Cabrini Green. What is, oh, they called it the Plan for Transformation. Huh. So we actually recycled one of those and he used that on the set. That's so cool. It's stuff that you don't necessarily think about, like architectural or whatever. But no, this is all like, you're basically like on a movie set. Like I'm looking here. You've got these shelves of all these trees and plants and things like that that are like ready to go. Who makes all these trees and all these little trinkets? That would be me. I like making trees. These guys are all, you know, they're very smart. They're AutoCAD savvy. They design the model. And I paint and I like to do the landscaping. Very particular about my trees. So that's not something that's 3D printed. You're taking materials and you're meticulous about it and putting it together. Yeah, but for the last model we did for your old boss, Mr. Rozak, <laughs> he didn't like my realistic trees. So no? I had to laser cut kind of avant-garde trees. I'll show you what they looked like. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Come on, Tom. <laughs> Be easy on Kathy. <laughs> so, but most of the things here are laser cut or 3D printed and then you put it together. Yep. And it's then, like you make you take a you make a big puzzle and then you put the puzzle back together again. And do you paint it or does it come with no, the no, colors? No, no, no. We everything we laser if you laser cut everything, we make it mostly out of acrylic and then we paint it and we also you have to do a lot of masking so that you can get, you know, on the same surface there may be more than one color. So you paint it one color, mask it, unmask it, paint it the other color. So So it all flows together. Yeah. Do they, how long do they last? They last a very long time. Some of the models that you're seeing right now are pretty old. The only thing is you got to keep them out of direct sunlight. Cause even though you try to put UV inhibiting paint on them, eventually the paint will fade. Yeah. Well, it's like anything, right? The flooring or, yeah, uh, exactly. or walls, it, UV does a, a number on it. You know, we're talking about why it's so important for physical. Uh, to see it physically and to be able to point to it as opposed to the digital. And and you think back for this whole year and a half or whatever, everyone's been doing digital exactly. Zoom meetings. And, and the difference between having a in-person conversation or being able to touch a surface or like, there's just something so human about that, don't you think? I think so. Um, I don't know who else you're interviewing, but if you're interviewing any, you know, sales, professional salespeople. Yeah. I think they'll tell you that having a model is really important. But the, I mean, they too. I mean, people ask me if I want a model and then I follow up with them later and they're like, oh, didn't make the budget. <laughs> so who knows? I think it's important. I think it shows it showcases the project. It shows that it's it's real and it's. Yeah, I think it definitely shows that you've got your money where your mouth is. You know, you can trust me. I really am building this. See, I built this. 
Now, if you're shipping something across the globe, how would you do that? Would you put it on a freight plane and, and then meet them there? Or how does that work? Well, we haven't shipped. We have made some stuff that went to China. But again, that was it was a smaller model. And we actually figured out how to set, put it in a carry on case. Yeah. So that people could fly it over carrying it on. And that, again, was where. I guess this ties into your subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people that were building, I think it was the what it, what is now the St. Regis Hotel. They were looking for overseas investors. Oh, so they to wanted to be units. able to show it to those people so out there. They wanted to take the model, uh, so it was a portable, smaller model that they could take there, and it actually we lit it with batteries so that they could light it up. Because so lighting smart. up always adds a, a bit to the model. It makes it pop. Yeah. Now, you know a lot of developers, and you've seen ups and downs, you know, 2008, 2009, the pandemic. What do you see on the horizon for new development? Do you have a lot of people calling? Is it mostly rental, condos, office? I don't know. I mean, the model that we just made for your old employer, Rosac, I think they just sold that whole entire building and they were converting it to apartments. Happily, we made the model before he decided to do that, (laughs) but they hardly ever buy scale models if it's a rental. So I'm not that smart to be able to really predict. I just, we do other kinds of models that are more likely to be necessary. We do a lot of models for senior housing. Mm -hmm. We're called CCRC. And for the older clientele, I think the model is even more important for them to be able to visualize what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we do that and we do that for companies. There are companies that specialize in doing that. So if you've got a client that specializes in some area of real estate, they'll carry you at least all over the country. So we've made models for that client to help them market a new project all over the country. And that's a little different. I mean, like I'm seeing a lot of high rises and things like that, but then you've got these large scale models like you're talking about, like for these CCRs where it's a a large development and you can see here's like phase one, phase two, phase three. Exactly. And it's the little houses or different, you know, shops. Yeah, well, they have different elements. They probably have the villas, but then they also have the assisted living area. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound very harsh. You might have to edit this out. We'll see. We have enough experience to know that they're in the memory garden. It is always completely fenced with a very high wall so that patients that need to be in the area where they have a memory garden can't wander off. Well, I think that's actually, it's important to be able to show that to the family. Exactly. Because here we're going to have a garden pretty, you know, they can get out here and it's perfectly safe. I think that that's the whole point of having the model when you're selling to be able to show people, to answer the questions that they may have. Right. You know, whether you're a 20-something looking to move into a condo building or you're somebody who's looking to put their parent in a memory care facility, there's questions that you have. What is it going to look like? Where is it situated? Where's my place going to be? And when you're looking at like a VR or something like that, and not to discount that, I, you know, I think that that's it incredibly be- important. And I, and I do 3D tours for all my listings because... I think it's important to interact like that on the internet. But if you can be there in a sales center and see that, it's just like, it makes it click. And also it's just, I mean, if you're really busy in the sales center and you've got somebody that's waiting to talk to you, how much better that they're waiting, staring at a really cool model that has all this neat detail 
as opposed to just, you know, looking at pictures on the wall. Right. No, it's, it's like I said at the beginning, it's one of my favorite things to look at these models. And I know this isn't something that, that you built, but at the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the model at the Museum of Science Industry. No, we didn't make that. Of Chicago. And then it connects across to Seattle. It, that's just so much fun just to sit there and watch the trains going through. I mean, if you love like model trains and things like that, like there's just <laughs> we, something to it. I have a sad story about that. They contacted oh. us once about upgrading that model. Yeah. And I went and looked at it. But the way that we do stuff, if you look very carefully at that model, it's not realistic. I mean, they've got stuff foreshortened and, and things like that. And, and the buildings. Anyway, we, we had no idea how to do that within their budget. And I really tried. And I'm just like, yeah. hey, we don't know how to do this. This is like more <laughs> of a set design thing. It, and it's really cool. But I was very sad that I couldn't figure out how to do that for their budget. Well, at least you got to do the Mars rover. Yes, we did do the Mars rover. I mean, that's different than the this. The story of my life is Tell we me. always go totally over budget, but we make <laughs> beautiful things and people come back. It's worth it. The Mars rover was full scale. So it's like the size of a car. Huh. And we made it here and we actually 3D printed most of the parts, but the wheels were of kind of a strange shape and we ended up buying sewer pipes <laughs> that we had to cut slice to the right dimension but then we had to shape well we didn't some poor guy we hired did it for us <laughs> we had to shape them with the you know back in the shop with the lathe we had to grind them down to the right shape and it was a horrible job but it looks good <laughs> first of all how'd you get it out of this building oh and, it came apart okay oh, apart okay and how did you get that job to do a mars rover who thought of that to contact you once again, I don't, I mean, it's just people know, people know us. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the, actually, I think it was the guy that ended up recommending us for the Obama model that worked at the Museum of Science and Industry that ah. we made those models for. That's so cool. I mean, did you ever think you'd do a Mars rover? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I told you when I was a lawyer, I was a space lawyer. Yeah, that's right. My big the theory was... Uh, there's no tort law in outer space, and I could actually opine on that for a while if you like. But anyway, yeah, so it was very exciting. I like space. Well, uh, why don't we talk about that? I mean, that's not what <laughs> something I was thinking of talking about, but I'm, I'm curious to know, like, so what was your role in the Challenger, like in the defense for, the, for NASA? or No, well, for? we were defending. Well, actually, it started with... My old law firm used to represent, do a lot of cases that were, you know, about insurance. So Lloyd of yeah. London would insure these people and then they would have the right to hire a lawyer for them. Okay. So we had a lot of contacts with Lloyd and we would get hired on these mostly aviation accidents. But when this satellite blew up in outer space, some of the people, instead of just causing the loss, they filed the first lawsuit arising from a tort that occurred in outer space. And it was a big deal. And Morton Thiokol was one of the defendants. It was about a carbon exit cone that had failed. And On the solid rocket boosters? No, this is before that. Oh, before this, this is, is a, a satellite. A, that blew a satellite up. Okay. exit cone that didn't work right. And so we got hired for that. And it was a big deal case. And so we were already defending Morton in that case when the first time the shuttle blew up. So we got assigned that defense too. And so what was their role for the, did they do the booster or they did, they were, had a hand in the shuttle itself? 
No, no, no. They made, if I remember this, it was a long time ago and I've kind of blacked it out. But, <laughs> you know, it, it broke open and then it exploded. I don't The I, O-ring, yeah. Yeah, the O-ring. Okay. So they made part of that booster, yeah. Well, I mean, if that's a last case to, uh, to work on <laughs> and then to go off into something else, I think that's a pretty cool... Yeah, it was fun. It is. <laughs> it changes your trajectory. So if people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Is it best to go on your website or? Yeah, uh, it's Colombian Model and Exhibit Works, which is quite the mouthful, I know, <laughs> which is cmew.biz. So that would be our website. And you've got your portfolio and everything on there. I have lots and lots of pictures of models, which I'm always kind of playing with. I, it's a homemade web page, but you can do a lot with Google. You can do a lot with Google and it, it's cool just to see this. And you kind of understand like the, the history of these cities when you see these buildings, these models of, of how you've put them together. Yeah. And uh, no, this is so cool. So anyone, I mean, if you're local in Chicago, it's probably a little bit easier, but nationally or internationally, you know, this industry, you are world renowned. And, you know, I, I strongly recommend people reach out to you. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to see you again after a few years. Uh, I'm so glad I have this opportunity. <laughs> so thank you all for listening and make sure to subscribe to this podcast, join the Facebook group, The Real Estate Diplomat, and go to therealestatediplomat.com. Kathy, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>